I suppose we should talk about Taylor Hawkins, eh? Since the last time we spoke, he has passed away. Um, yeah, so on March 25th, he passed away. 50 years old. Bogota, Colombia. Yeah. It sucks. Um, yeah. We could sit here and speculate <coughs> about how he died and all that and what's going to happen with the Foo Fighters, but we don't know. Who the fuck knows? So, yeah. I mean, there's supposedly drugs involved, but I... Who knows? I mean, he was—he had like ten substances in him, but part of that was like antidepressants, and part of that was like, you know, I don't know, sleeping pills or something. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, I, I don't I, know. My friend, my friend Mark actually uh, had a really touching uh, comment about it. Um, my friend Mark uh, is an engineer at Bias Studios out in, I guess, Springfield. I don't know what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he also works at Furnace Wrecking. Uh, he's the manager of Furnace. I don't even know what the hell the name of the damn company. How prepared I am! <laughs> but uh, one way or another, he was he was you know he has worked in a number of studios throughout the area. And while they fighters were recording something, he was and this was probably two thousand to two thousand two. You know, he actually got pulled in to just kind of assist and set up and get things kind of gauged. So, you know, whatever. And ended mm-hmm. up sitting there and having a conversation with oh, nice. Taylor, who, uh, you know, the lead engineer introduced him, which is like, oh, yeah, he's a drummer and you should check out his band. You know, they had to <laughs> talk about his band and, you know, he's sitting there talking to the drummer of the Foo Fighters about his own band. And it's like, ah, he's getting <laughs> me out of this conversation. But, you know, yeah, he yeah. just commented that uh, it was – just an incredible experience to actually sit down with a guy that is flat out, you know, made it to where all of us were, you know, hoping someday and, and be having a legitimate conversation with a down to earth individual. And, uh, he just really commented how he cherished that experience that, you know, Taylor was a very stand up guy. Um, also the fact that, you know, Mark is been sober for, I'm not sure what year he's on, but uh, comments that, hey, for all of you, we've all got friends, we all get involved in a lot of heavy shit that maybe we should be watching ourselves out for, we should all look out for each other, yeah. see somebody going a little too heavy into uh, stuff that they should be a little more careful with, mm-hmm. do what we can to help each other out, this kind of shit sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, not to downplay Taylor Hawkins' death, but poor Dave Grohl too, right? I mean, the dude oh, God. went through losing Kurt Cobain, and now, I mean, and I, I think I texted you guys, but this has got to be worse for him, though. I mean, he was with this guy for, yeah. you know, it was like a brother and with him for yeah. 20 plus years in his band. I mean, yeah. in any interview you saw with them, like, you could tell they were tight. Like, Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. And on stage, like, they had the chemistry on stage. It was like, you know, those I mean, two guys were tight you know so like like nirvana let's face it you lost the singer songwriter frontman you know you know soloist if you if you want to say he did a solo but one way or another there's no way in hell that band could continue after right you know this band let's face it dave he's still there they lost sure. the drummer oh it's the drummer but no there's a brotherhood that goes with all the shit that we get into that you know yeah 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 you lose something that is that much of your fucking balance, that much of your fucking rock, that, that you know. Yeah. It's, it, 
it, yeah, I mean, it, it, just words can't fucking, you know, I can't explain what the fuck it could be that he's going through, and it definitely can't be easy. Right. Well, I did want to play a couple of things. Um, I, before you got on, Keith, we were talking about, Joe was like, well, Everlong, right? And I'm like, well, technically he didn't record that song. So, like, was that a lot of people, when Dave did the drums? Yeah. 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 This, yeah. The second album, which has Everlong <laughs> and My Hero. And everyone's like, oh, those two songs, those were his best songs. I'm like, yeah, they're really good songs. <laughs> and Taylor performed those songs a lot live, but he actually didn't perform them on the album. So, <laughs> neither did the drummer that was in the band at the time. No, he did not. <laughs> Dave was like, uh, I'll do it. See ya. So, anyway, um, I'll play a little bit of this song. This is a low. Some good drums here. get the idea and then uh tim you mentioned run right mm-hmm. yeah see yeah <laughs> i could tell He also sang too. Like he wasn't yeah. just a drummer. He uh he loved Queen and he, he would always perform Queen songs. He would do the vocals and Dave would do the drums. A, a, another band I never saw live, which sucks. I mean, I don't they may still perform after after this, but who knows? But I, I Yeah. Not gonna ever see Dave, Taylor Hawkins, that's for sure. But yeah, um let me see if this works. The best part about getting to be the lead singer of the Foo Fighters, just for one song, is I really do have the greatest rock and roll drummer on the planet Earth. Let's play drums for me. You're not gonna get fired. He ain't cheap. He ain't cheap, but he's worth it. You're gonna get your solo, don't you fucking worry. I'm not going to do that to you anymore. You want to play a Queen song, Dave? No? the idea yeah pretty good yeah <laughs> sucks yeah anyway so rest in peace 
Taylor Hawkins. Oh. And now we can do a podcast. Yay. <laughs> and we're going to talk about another guy who died recently. So really uplifting episodes tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well let's, yeah. I mean, well, we will talk about helmet. So, you know, there's that. There's that. All right. Well, let's get going. Okay. Brush your teeth with this. You know, we could take the makeup off. I'll bet you we could take the makeup off and it wouldn't make any difference. You're crazy. We're going to take the makeup off? You're nuts. Mellifluous. What about the Alice in Chains action figures? Yeah, I've been making some of me for the chicks. Just a taste of what's going to happen to the rest of your stinking planet. Your civilization is off the leaf, my mind Gee, we could take off the makeup. I mean, basically, when we started, we started as a band. We started to play rock and roll, and that's what we could do. Without the makeup, I think you're not. Well, I think that's good. Well, I didn't want to show it to you anyway. There is similitude. Ricky, quick. Will you try to break my phone? Let me see your cigarette lighter. All right, ramblers, let's get rambling. All right, to anyone who can name what all of those clips are from. It's only one thing. Free t-shirt or something. (laughs) We should uh, go through the old intro and actually tell people what those things were. Oh, we get from. Yeah. Like run through the sound bites and say, okay, this was this, 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 this. (laughs) Because I'm sure they were all really wondering. Yeah. Top of mind for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to Summertime Podcast, everybody. Uh, Summertimepodcast.com is where you find us online. All of our episodes are streaming there. Our links to YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff is on the website. So I'm Eric. We've got Tim here. Yeah, hello. Joe's here. Yep. And Keith is here. I happen to be. Yes. Uh, this episode, we are talking about two albums, actually. We're going to discuss Sweet Oblivion by Screaming Trees and Helmet in the meantime. Or is it just meantime? Meantime, sorry. Yes. Meantime. In the meantime. There's a song called In the Meantime. Yes. Yes. Okay. So let's, we should start with Helmet, right? Because it's kind of the honorable mention, I would say. (laughs) Maybe, maybe Keith doesn't agree, but I think they're the honorable mention of this one. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, let, let's let's. Uh, do you want to go ahead and outline the uh, basics of the uh, the band and the recording? Um, sure. Go ahead. You do that. <laughs> me? Oh. No, I'll do it. That's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me play a little bit. Let me play a little bit, and then I'll talk about the band. Okay. Um, here, I'll just play the yeah, yeah. title track. Title track. Yeah. yeah start of. off. Start off with the very first. I think most people have heard this song. Yeah.
Sorry, I'm going to fade it out because I can't play too much more. Not that it's, I'm just saying, it's already that long. So. <laughs> you just don't want to play it, Jim. <laughs> no, it's not that. Well, maybe it is that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Helmet is Paige Hamilton on vocals and lead guitar. Uh, Peter Minghetti on rhythm guitar. Henry Bogdan on bass and John Stanier on drums. Minghetti. 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 <laughs> Catch the pippy. <laughs> this was produced by it says produced by helmet with steve albini as engineer yeah who steve albini is famous for uh in utero what else did he do he's done a bunch of stuff i think but well he was in garbage right no that, mm. no no that's uh that's that's the that's other, a bunch of vague much vague yeah 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 wait was steve albini the guy uh rape man um big black yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at him. Yeah, he's, he's the main guy for Big Black and, and yeah. Rape. Yeah, Rape. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very Rape good. Man, Big Black, Shellac. Shellac. Shellac, yeah. It's... Yeah. I've got I've got songs about fucking somewhere around here. <laughs> I don't know why. I think, sense. well, we, we could get in the weeds with this, but there's some stories about how Nirvana got him on In Utero. But yeah. That's that's for another podcast, so we'll, we'll skip that for now. Well, there's some uh, stories about that, about sort of about that uh, with this album, ish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. right? Okay. Because cool. he did not really do much, right? The, uh, the name Andy he, Wallace is going to come up a lot. I was going to yes. say Andy Wallace yeah. was the mixer on this one too. He mixed the yes. album. So yeah. Um, and the production overall actually it sounds mostly good. I think. I think the yeah. bass tone is kind of poopy. It's a the little. The bass drum is horrible. Mm. The, ba- the snare drum is also not my favorite. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. We're going to talk about that. Oh, that is it a piccolo? That is, it's kind of like a piccolo snare, right? well, no, that, uh, Close to a piccolo. It's, high, it's like a half. It's a like hybrid, it seems like. Yeah, yeah it, it's some kind of a weird thing that it's got to be a Tama because he reps Tama. But uh, we'll get to, not, let's, let's get to the, right. the drums there because that's... Uh, <laughs> We, we well, obviously the, have some different feelings and different. I actually like think the drums sound good. I don't. I didn't really have I, the drums. I, all right. Shall we just go ahead and start off with that then? Like, yeah. Let's right. talk about. Well, we're talking about production let's, anyway. Right. So let's this talk song, about this. That. This album. This album flat out was again. I put my foot down. This is an album I absolutely love. This album I was my first batch in my first group of uh, uh, Columbia House Record Club. Uh, that's um, a big deal. It's oh, a big yes. deal. No, no, really. <laughs> It is a big deal, actually. That is yeah. um, yep. one way or another. You know, this this band was, of course, you know, hit huge with this album. You know, uh, what the hell is the goddamn song? Um, unsung, unsung. Yes, and that yeah. that video would they would not stop playing the goddamn thing on MTV. Yeah, uh, but it was huge, and these guys started like really getting a, a bit of notice. I'd say overall. Um, so I got this album, and this has been an album that I absolutely... It's one of those albums I just... It, it hits me heavily. It just it hits me in the right place. It makes me feel good, and as much as it's, you know, loud, little Apparently angry it, in part. it did that for a lot of people, so... Yeah, yeah exactly. One. Like, but, it was um, very highly acclaimed, and, and you know, sold a lot. and fan-wise, you know? But in preparation for this, you know, for us talking about it, well, let me get back to the whole thing. Like, yeah, I really yeah, put ahead. my foot down. This is this is this year's Keith album, because <laughs> no one else, no one else in this There's podcast still be some more. I, wanna, I wanted to talk more about these guys. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that's we kind of true, but yeah. yes. 
I feel like we needed to, though. I mean, well, I think yeah, it's the, the fact that this necessary. is the uh, opening band, considering we rarely do that these days. Let's see how. I hope yeah, this doesn't true. turn into the opening band taking over more, <laughs> playing a longer set than the closer. No, but one way or another, I'll make sure. Uh, so th- this. <laughs> <laughs> This was one of those uh, bands that I really just like. This definitely had a huge effect on me during my, I guess I got it sophomore year of college. Uh, and I sat back in preparation. College. Like, yes, I, I was, I was, I didn't buy this. I didn't get Columbia House. I didn't have a, dude, I didn't have a CD player until, you know, the winter of 1994. I got it for Christmas on, in 1994. So regardless, back to the band that we're supposed to be talking about. Um, what is it about this? you know, album. And I'm like, hmm, what are my favorite tracks? It's like, I can't remember the names of any of these songs. <laughs> it's like, this is one of those you probably albums had it on that CD. really, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. But, you know, this is one of those albums that really, when I throw this thing on, it's one of those that I just kind of listen to from start to finish. But there, I guess you could kind of say there isn't, they, you know, a lot of the material you know, it's not the same song, it's not the same rhythms, but it's not a whole lot of diversity overall, I'd say. You know, they're doing the same no. thing pretty much. If I don't want, you know, there isn't a whole lot of, you know, different tunage or, or different tempos. Mm-hmm. Everything, there's tons of syncopation. There's a ton of beats. And when well, yeah, it comes that's, down to it, what <laughs> it's kind of their signature, it that I, isn't it? It's what like that, da 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 Yeah, they took the heavy part of a thrash song and just made a whole fucking album of it. That's pretty much what this is. But that's the whole thing. For me, like, when I sat down and thought, what is it that I love about this goddamn thing? It's that motherfucking snare. <laughs> I love it. The snare, the snare doesn't bother me. It's that, ah. I think the bass drum sounds terrible. Oh, man. Oh. You and you and, you and and Tim are going to yeah. have some words. What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> it's, it's not the kind of snare I look for in a metal album, that's for sure. Oh, well, yeah. let's, let's talk about that, because... Uh, Stanye or whatever is however you pronounce it. He actually came from uh, kind of bugle corps. Uh, he didn't ever march, but one way or another, that's kind of where his original startup came from. And that never was trained on set. But let's face it, you know, he mentions you know Pert and Bonham and all the the you know expected you know influences. Uh, but when it comes down to it, like his. Stylistically, there's it's not as though he's doing anything different, but uh, so, God damn it, I had all of his uh, his gear. He is a Tama drummer, and let's face it, back in early '90s, late '80s, after a certain other drummer popularized uh, <laughs> double bass, who could you be talking Tama about? set? <laughs> Tama became Bardo, right? fucking thing to get. <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah. Let's see here, but I do have a quote regarding. Let's see here, the snare sound. Oh, there was. Yeah, I may be able to find that as well. It's a weird thing. I while you guys look for that, I can see why um, Clutch fans were a a fan of this band. Early early Clutch fans, like. Well, let me bring that up because that's another thing that I did not understand at all. Like when Clutch first came out, I'm like, holy shit, man, I fucking love Clutch. And all my friends at college were like, oh man, they're just helmet wannabes, huh? (laughs) Maybe maybe the first album, sure, that first album, but not even. Even no. the, the even the, the EPs they're not they did for that. Well, I can like, I can hear the similarities. I think they're different bands. They sound I'd like Clutch way they better. They don't sound Clutch, anything like I don't think. Uh, I I hear the similarities I, with this yeah. album and like the first Clutch album. I'm not saying yeah. like 
You're not going to take Blast Tyrant and say, that sounds like this. No, no, no way. Yes. <laughs> no, yes, but yes. I'm saying, like, you know, passive restraints and, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, no. You know, the very I, first... Maybe it's a guitar riffs, tone. The riffs, the clutch riffs are so much more intricate than yeah. anything on this album. I'm, maybe maybe vocally. Because like, early, I early vocally. Neil Fallon vocals are, are very similar to, like, this guy's screaming. He's got more yeah. balls than this guy, though. Like, yeah. He's, he's got it. This guy... When he when he's doing, I think he sounds more like a early Tommy Victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can screaming. Oh yeah, I, I like yeah. I like this guy's vocals much more when he's doing that voice than when he does that wimpy ass. Yeah, definitely. Okay, oh, well, let's talk about that because that's another thing. Like, I that love sounds like Ozzy kind of to me. It sounds like I can't sing, but I, I yep. can find a singer. For is him. he singing? It sounds like a, <laughs> yeah. a lot of those times he's just yeah. talking. He is Whatever he is, is not singing in any way, shape, or form. He's just like. And that's when I went to buy some broccoli. <laughs> you know? And it's 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 very interesting. Like when I you know just kind of try to analyze some of those songs, and it's just you know his style. He goes from like the angry, oh, heavy metal, and then he goes into a little bit of a sing song. He like it's imitating, and then yeah, he, I thought it sounded much, like Sabbath. He just starts I'm not talking. really in a key. It's just yeah, it's it, it, weak. I, I can't stand that voice when he does it and unsung is that's all he does in that one yeah yeah oh play some well, of that yeah i was gonna say we can play a little bit of that because yeah, yeah. Well, let's the other get hit. into some tracks the track oh yeah hold on whoa the tracks <laughs> first heard was it this song we heard and we were so furious because yeah, it, this, it this was, was the first single yeah and we were so mad because we were like that's pantera yeah we were uh, we were so angry it's rise isn't it yeah yeah rise mm-hmm. oh we were so mad and it was that's getting right. played like crazy people were like this is the greatest thing it sounds so new man it's so fresh <laughs> and new we're like fuck you it's pantera i don't like to hear that because <laughs> Well, this, right, that, that single came out before that out before Pantera's album came out. Oh, when did Pantera this come out? Pantera stole it from. He said that the single was released in '91. That can't be right. That no, that's right. there's no, that's not right. This album came out obviously '92. So yeah, and then Pantera came out February, little, February '92. February, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in '91, a full year before the release of Meantime, Amphetamine Reptile Records issued yeah. Unsung. Yeah, Ooh, I, believe, I believe this was the, the track thickens. that Albini. Yeah, Albini. They recorded this one with Albini. Um, uh oh. And yeah, so hmm. I believe that that's what kind of isolated this song. Is you know, I guess it got released before the, the actual album came. Out. And right. Pantera got their hands on it, yep. right? And they ripped them off because Pantera sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guitarist was out of riffs. <laughs> Uh, oh, the snare, by the way, is a uh, half wood, half metal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. 
but but uh, he actually mentions, you know, I think last year, who knows how many years ago, like I was commenting how I could swear it was a Piccolo snare that he used. But he, uh, let's see here, he stated um, he was never a fan of Piccolo snares. The Piccolo snares seemed to be missing the point. They were way too high and didn't ring, and he did not like them at all. And so he wanted the perfect balance between a nice ring and a much higher pitch. So he loved his Tama 14 point and a 14 by 6 brass snare with no muffling, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I will say piccolo snare and, and like thrash metal doesn't, doesn't really work. Like piccolo yeah, snares yeah. for like 311 and bands like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> they, they, exactly they do mention, yes, the rap influence of, of the usage of it. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't so I didn't dislike this album. I I no. thought it was okay. I didn't yeah. hate it. Um, I, I, d- I did hate the guitar solos. Those oh, that, I wanted to talk about that because what do you call those? Um, they're not the guitar solos. They're just like he's he's not even like trying. It's like let's it's let's talk about his guitar altogether before we get to the solos. Like he's it's all drop D, basic you know easy ass power chords which is one finger when you drop d <laughs> it sounds like he just picked up a guitar and wrote this album and his solos are shit they're not even fucking solos they like aren't. how did it's- how did he re- there's no way he could recreate recreate any of that shit live he just probably made up something new every night so there's, there's nothing going on that's remotely musical yeah. about those no solos. and they're not in key there's like no. it's really bad he's pretty much just mushing matching his hand down or he's not even tapping really he's just no, he's loving. terrible. I actually have. Did a good he just ex- learn to play guitar before? Like, there's a good example I have. Pull it up here. This is Iron Head. Okay. The end of it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, Slayer. <laughs> it's worse than I, I, I just think Carrie King, King, yeah. something better Carrie than King that. was yeah. embarrassed by that solo. Yeah. You know what sucks about that, too, is that part of the song is actually really good, other than the, the solo. The riff's mm-hmm. really cool. I, I, I like the drums there. It's it's a great part. It's the best part of the song until he starts playing that solo. <laughs> and you're like, what? No. Ruined. Ah, oh, damn it. And the I, song's short, too. So <laughs> For me, his soloing always just seemed as kind of like this, you know, lesser part of the song that it, it it doesn't really matter like you know when he starts soloing it's like all right have fun so, oh so then why oh, even we, do it you know what i mean yeah like, what's but the they, point did they, did they even need them yeah no they didn't no they didn't like there's no point yeah it's just, been much better without yeah it's almost like they felt like they had to you know yeah well this is a structure of a metal song a solo goes here so let me do something yeah <laughs> which he had the un- I mean, is it maybe it's some kind of like existential, like, oh, you need to put a soul here. Well, what do you guys think of this? Well, you know, maybe, maybe if it happened once on the album, I believe that. Yeah. 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 If maybe, he didn't if he didn't know. repeat it over and over play again, that, then. Can you play the solo for He Feels Bad? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I have, you have a time on uh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny about that, Joe? <laughs> My note for that song, 252. This might be the worst guitar solo of all time. <laughs> I think I think the song the song title is in reference to this. <laughs> so busy. Uh. 
And it keeps going. Why go those extra bars? There's no point. <laughs> I thought it was done. It's a full minute. Wow. Okay, that's enough of this. The song's four, barely over four minutes. That was a twenty-five percent of the song right there. <laughs> I mean, Paige Hamilton. I mean, let's face it. When it comes to Helmet, I mean, it is Paige's band. I mean, he is you know singer, songwriter, soloist. Uh, you know, front yeah. man. Um, <laughs> he has the audacity of saying that he's a soloist. How dare he? Well, the, the funny, well, the <laughs> thing is, is uh, you know, he when he first got this band together, he had originally moved to New York from Oregon uh, to study jazz guitar at the Manhattan School of Music. So he comes from. Oh, a jazz so he probably background. thinks it's like, ooh, this is like jazzy. No, it's bullshit. It, well, it, it, that might answer one of your questions that it, it's more improv that he's yeah, guess, he is but, making it up yeah. at the moment or something like probably, that. Probably, yeah. But, it's. But then again, it's a band I never saw live, so I don't know if he does. You know, you're telling me that did he go out there to study and he never went to school or what? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't say graduated, right? It does not. I mean, I there you go. Yeah. There's also something about the guitars on this album where it's there's moments where it sounds slightly out of tune, and that was really irritating me too. Like I don't have a good example off the top of my head. Um, Huh. It's just like, uh, I don't know. There were moments where I was just like, uh, what's going on? Yeah. I, again, so here's, I, here's here's my question. Yeah. I, what the fuck does everybody love about this album? That was like, <laughs> going to be my question was, how was this so popular? When, and another question. I'm sorry to cut you off, Tim. That's all right. Go back. But <laughs> hey, how, go did this, how is this the birth of new metal? Okay, that was the next thing I wanted to bring up because that's like everybody said. All the new metal people cite this as like a enormous influence. What? I mean, drop detuning. All right, drop detuning. Yes, because it's all of new metal. That's that's all they ever did. But uh, Hamilton himself is really displeased with this connection, and he's like, he states, "quote It's frustrating that people write us off because we're affiliated or credited." Uh, or really discredited with creating new metal and rap metal or whatever the fuck it is. We sound nothing like that. <laughs> so, okay. You know. All right. We're on the same page here then. Maybe yeah, it's they, the simple no riffs. I think there's a simplicity When, when it comes to these guys, it's, it's this, call the riff simple at all. It's the syncopation that goes into it. I really feel that the what I love about this band is, I guess you could kind of say the... Uh, the beat to it. I mean, it, it seems as though he just he changes up a riff a little bit here and there. It's nothing drastic or anything, but it's not the he's not doing the exact same thing throughout the entirety of a song. Um, and that that's to answer your your question. Why does anyone like it? That's why I liked it. I also do like the kind of talking vocal styling because who the hell else was doing that? You know, it wasn't something that. Seemed too common, and it fit in. I think more of the of the alternative side of things than any of the metal stuff that was going on. But yeah, for some least. reason, they were lumped into the whole Nirvana crowd of things. Like that was they were 
being touted as the next Nirvana by certain record companies. Yes. Oh, I just I did see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I which read is kind of weird because that, that's not what it sounds like at all. But maybe yeah. that's maybe that just like lump them into this, and people are like, "Oh, is this the next big thing?" Well, and, I mean, that's the biggest, like I read an interview with, with Paige about that, and you know, the, the band themselves are just like, "What are they talking about?" Yeah. And for the most part, they're like, well, "Fuck that! Let's see how far this goes." Because hey, I'll take the money. Uh, so it, you know, it led them. I mean, let's face it: when Betty came out, you know, the album after this, that was being toyed to be like, "Holy shit!" And I think it did. I mean, it got a ton of play there. I never really. It's, it's kind of funny, you know. As much as I really wanted to talk about this album, "Born Annoying," their first release, their first EP. Yeah fucking love it that song in and of itself is easily my favorite fucking song by them and they're really i don't even remember the names of any of the songs of this goddamn album but you know uh like i i mean like i've li- i heard betty you know in college and stuff like that and it was just like man you know nothing ever really stood out as as drastic as this and you know one way or another back to joe's new metal rap rock thing like you are our expert, Joe. <laughs> how how does this how does it go from this to the nookie? <laughs> I'm not, okay, so Limp Biscuit is that the is that the, the, well, the big? It's one of the many, you know. I'm not really sure what new metal is, to be honest with you. It's bullshit. It's a dumb label because yeah, apparently Slipknot's new new metal, but that's yeah. Which yeah, I don't think so. Guys, don't sound a lot like Slipknot. No, nope. I mean the biggest thing when it comes to the they definition don't, they don't of new sound metal, a lot like corn. So I don't know. Well, you... the biggest thing, like I an interview with uh, what's his face from uh, Sepultura, um, Max. Yes, Max. Uh, when Roots came out, that Roots was kind of the the genre breaking album that kind of started something new. That was beat generated. That was really. Uh, okay. more ryth- rhythmic about that style of things. And that is as much as I've, I'm quoting myself now. That's the one thing I love about this fucking album is how blast, you know, it's a blast beat in your face. It's like you feel the drums more than you're listening to the guitars. I feel it's got a lot of groove. Yeah. It's got a lot yeah, of definitely. That is, that's kind of what spawned into the whole new metal thing. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Cause new metal is so, it's such a broad, you can't, I mean, <sighs> Well, it's bullshit. Mudvane, they say bands Lincoln like Park. Lincoln Park and yeah, Mudvayne, Papa like Roach. And, yeah, like, right. What about no what about the end of Domination? Wasn't that doing this but way better two years before? Oh yeah, I mean, the simplicity aspect Pantera does like ten thousand times better than this, without question. Yeah. But yeah. you know, here we are. <laughs> well, yes, but you know, were any of them at the Manhattan School of Jazz? <laughs> <laughs> I do look for that in my metal right. songwriters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Berkeley School of Music. Well, are there other highlights you want to talk about, Keith? I I don't have much myself. I mean, I, I you know, there were some songs, I think, um, let's see, what were one of my, some of my favorites? Uh, um, let's see. You Borrowed wasn't bad. I thought it was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Turned um, out, I like. Um, Ooh, <laughs> I said that's probably the worst song. Yeah. Is that the song I mean, where he says like ju- "Downtown Julie, Julie Brown"? Brown? Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Is he saying Downtown Julie Brown?" Yes, he I looked it up, and I was Julie like, Brown. "He actually is saying Downtown Julie Brown." I can't remember. Nothing stood out 
particularly for me. I mean, that's the one thing. Like, uh, I would really say when you really listen to this, I, I, again, I, I'm never going to remember any of, the, any of the different songs <laughs> because everything, the, the entire tone of the album all kind of sounds the exact same. There's not a lot of yeah. differentiation track mm-hmm. to track. Uh, and, and I mean, it's not as though the tempo changes much, you know? <laughs> it's, no, it's no. one long, boring fucking song. It's a oh, 37 minute you. boring song. <laughs> but it's better than rap rock. So. Uh, probably not all of it. Oh, well, <laughs> you would know. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't even know how I got labeled with that by Keith. You know, how, how did, I owned I owned a Limp Biscuit album, and there's so one I, reason I, I yeah, did. We, we all did. did. Three. Look, I think we all did. I would. I, I'm going to say something. Don't and do Keith, Keith. You were going to fall out of your chair. Three dollar bill, y'all, by Limp Biscuit's a better album than this album. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is. That's that's the one I own. So, yeah, it's a good album. I like. It's album. not. It's not a bad album. There's some really good songs on that album. I, I gave that away for free. Mm. Yeah, in oh, probably 2000. Nine. The song so. Counterfeit? That's a really good song. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. Yeah. Well, we're not He's talking pissed. about we'll probably eventually get to that, you know. Uh, maybe. Was that years 97? from now if we're still doing it. Yeah. Ninety seven, was it really? Yeah. Three dollar bill y'all? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Ninety seven. I saw them in Utah in ninety seven. All, all right. Well, should we huh. grade this thing? No, wait, there's more stuff. No, we gotta move on. We got well, one real quick, there's a thing about um. The Steve Albini and Andy Wallace thing. Yeah, oh, that okay. is kind of interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you want me to do it? Please. Okay, the song In the Meantime, it says the song In the Meantime was recorded by Steve Albini and later remixed by Andy Wallace. Wallace would make additional changes to the album. The contrast between his style of mixing, which involves, among other things, triggered samples and a cleaner, more, more polished sound, irritated Albini. Irritated. Uh, oh, okay. Irritated. Yeah. And then later, so familiar, yeah. yeah, when in negotiations to record Nirvana's In Utero, he stipulated a clause that would ad- be added to the, his contract, stating that Wallace would not be allowed to remix the album, and then he, after he had mixed Nevermind, which was released nine months before Meantime. Mm. So Wallace, was, or Albini's like, he's not allowed to touch this ever. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. I think ever. In Utero sounds better than this album, though. Oh, yeah. Personally. It, is, it sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Steve Albini at this point is kind of legendary for how good he is in production. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else has Andy yeah. Wallace done. Oh, a ton of stuff. He's uh, actually yeah. he's, the next he's three albums of, we're talking about. He's done, I think, where he had a <laughs> he, part in. He All mixes right. a lot of stuff. He's like the go-to mixer guy. Yeah, yeah, All exactly. Right. Slayer and White Zombie, and I mean, there's tons of stuff that have Wallace. Sepultura. Ghost. Um, That's right. The last Gojira album. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can tell that, too. that everybody is jacking off over. Which uh, one? The Ghost one or the last the... Ghost album? He did. Oh, yeah, uh, he Mel- does, he's got a lot of Ghost credits. Yeah. He did Meliora, but I'm not sure if he did the new one or not. Well, I, yeah, he did. Did he? Okay, he did. Yeah. Yes, I'm just exposing the fact that I don't he know anything about as well. well. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of has a Good sound. thing you're on this There's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a so, Ben Fold Fives credit. Oh, nice. He's got a Misfits album, American Psycho, he did. Oh, that's actually not a bad y'all. album. I yeah, love that album. Yeah. $3 bill, y'all. Hey, there you go. <laughs> 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 Come up twice on this podcast. That's, that's the to, connection. Uh, that, that's, that's what loops them into go. the... KSAD. Rain and Blood. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. KSAD, I think. 
Yep. God, he's got to be in like his 60s I think at this point. Roots also. I'm pretty sure I did Roots. Yeah, he did Roots. Yeah. All right. He also uh, mixed the Fear of God album that we didn't talk about. <laughs> nice. We'll just have to talk about that one day and just throw it in there for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know it's not Fighters. Nothing less. Nothing. There's nothing left to lose by the Foo Fighters. Oh, nice. Yeah, a lot, he's of, kind a lot of, of bands we talked about tonight. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. I'm fired. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. All right, let's grade this thing. All right, perfect circle. C minus is my grade. Uh, C plus. A strong D. Hmm. I'm going solid D. I'm going B plus <laughs> plus. What is that? I don't know. It's like just a hair lower than an A. Is it like an A minus? It's not like an A minus. I do not want to give it a D it sharp a, or a B. A, a, I love this freaking C sharp or D flat. It's but, the same. Gotcha. It's okay. A, it's a tuned up B flat. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to uh, Sweet Oblivion by uh, Screaming Trees. So, okay, yeah. So that was re- record or mixed by. Yes, exactly. Andy Wallace. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, I, will, I think a couple episodes ago, we talked about Mark Lanigan, right? And the fact that he just recently passed away. So, I think that did um, trigger us talking about this album. Kind of, I don't know if it was in our list originally, but. Um, I don't want to. Didn't Keith push this one on us? I definitely. I don't know that I pushed it as much as I pushed for Helmet, but I definitely wanted to. This was definitely on my list to talk about this this year. Because yeah. It is fucking well, let's, great album. Let's play a little bit of it. Um, let's play the hit. Why not? Get it out of the way. The one everybody knows. The one Joe and I have played about a thousand times. Ah, so sick of it. <laughs> I forgot it. I forgot it. Joe, you have a drinking problem. <laughs> no, I just didn't need to remember. I mean, Uh, yeah, so this band is Mark Lanigan on vocals, obviously. Gary Lee Connor on guitar, Van Connor on bass, and Barrett Martin on drums, who also played drums on the Mad Season album. Yeah, yeah cool. And this was produced by Don Fleming, but mixed by Andy Wallace, uh, engineered by John Agnello. But yeah, the big thing here is another Andy Wallace album, mixed yeah. by anyway. Um, production's pretty good. Um uh, Mm. Mix sounds good. The, mm. You know. Eh. I think the drums and bass are, are way too low in the mix. Really? Yeah. I, I love how, how, how much the hardware guitar. comes clean. Like, I really feel that, like, you know, the use of the ride, the use of the drum hardware, I, I think, really comes out very clean and very distinct. You know? Yeah, I was impressed with the drummer, for sure. Yeah, he's really good. He's quite good, yeah. So where uh, where the hell was I when this came out, and why didn't I know about this album? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? 
I think we heard that that hit song, and we're like, eh, skip. I, I had the album, and I, I played it maybe once or twice. Because that that song doesn't sound like anything else on the album. I don't think. Maybe I just heard it eighteen thousand times, that. and I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it's way more poppy than anything. It's else. super poppy. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, it's very poppy. Oh, I mean, it's funny because that I, album, I, that song was on the singles, singles, single yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, we heard it there too. Which I'm guessing the mm-hmm. single so- uh, soundtrack outsold this by a lot. Probably. I'm sure. Know, this, this probably yeah. sold. It's probably sold a lot, right? This is probably their biggest selling album. I'm uh, sure it is. Def- it definitely was the biggest. Selling. I mean, that's another big thing. Like everyone talks about, you know, oh, the rise of alternative. Well, these guys had been around for like years before Nirvana even formed, and I, I remember re- seeing an interview with um, Lanigan uh, where, and. I, I don't know. As, as much as you know, it, it sucks when people die. But you know, he just always seemed to come off as this arrogant rock star. Like, <laughs> really? Like he was talking about like how like oh yeah when we were uh, when we were playing shows back in like '88. You know, Kurt Cobain knew who we were. Yeah, man, he was really trying to get in on like what we were doing and blah. And it's like, shut up. What are you like? Really? <laughs> you're, you're, you you need to be like oh yeah, Kurt Cobain was trying to be like us. Like why don't you? Take a step back and realize they, they, they were a lot more successful than you. Sorry <laughs> that you were the big rock star back in 1988 when nobody knew who any of you you were. But and that 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 interview always rubbed me a little wrong. And also mm-hmm. in the the breakup of this band, and like I'm you know fans of these guys on on Facebook, and I still, I mean they don't really get into too much the specifics, but the the, the brothers. You know, and he, I don't know. I just, I mean, I've been through a number of band breakups myself, and they're never the easiest thing in the world. But uh, especially when you have some success as much as these guys did, you know, they weren't at the, you know, they weren't in the front wave of the alternative scene, but they definitely, you know, were on, you know, the next, the second wave, they they've kind of followed up after all the big ones, and these guys, you know, maybe never hit as, you know, never even came close to as large as Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice right, Chains. Yeah, no. I mean, they're like success, they're like the exodus of the. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They aren't they are, they aren't the big four, but if there were five, right. they, they would be part of it. You know, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. and, and, and deservedly so. I'd say, like you know, I I, I think. Tim, you had commented uh, a year or two ago that you, there was one of their earlier albums that I think you wanted to do. Is that true? <laughs> I don't I think miss- so. Okay, never mind. <laughs> it, been, it may have been me, actually. Because I, okay, yeah. I own Dust with their 96 album, which I really like, which is another reason why it's crazy that I never went back to this album. Like, I own one Screaming Trees album, and I liked it a lot, but I never went, took the time to go back and say, well, let me discover their other stuff. And I'm like kicking myself, going, "Why the fuck didn't I do that?" Because this yeah. album is fan fucking tastic. It's we, I love it. Like I I listen to this album. You know, I, we had a run of albums that we've been listening to for these next few podcasts, and this one I've listened to way more than any of the other ones. Like I just kept, kept going back to it. Like it, it yeah. it's great. I mean, the the the, fr- the one I remember, and I wasn't the, the Screaming Trees album. I don't even know which one it is. I remember I was in band class, and I was talking to this the, my saxophone player Dave Paul, and he's like, "Oh man, yeah, Andy, who's a friend of ours, a, tr- a, a, a tuba player, talking me up this Screaming Trees, man. We got to check this shit out." And I'm like, "All right, man, definitely." And then I never did. 
<laughs> and I heard this song and eventually got this album. Let's see here. Was, uh, I think bought this album at a, you know, Hurricane Katrina benefit. They were having a big oh, uh, wow. kind of flea market thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, oh, six. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, wait, that was, it was six. No, it was 2008. Haiti. Maybe it was a Haiti oh, oh, okay. earthquake. <laughs> Yeah, 2008. So, yes, I, I finally got this thing, you know, um, 15 years late. But, God damn it, I, you know, I, I, this is another one of those albums that, like, I love throwing this thing in and listening it, listening to the whole thing start to back, start yeah. to finish, yeah. front to back, whatever the hell words I'm trying to fucking say. I'm not even drinking anything <laughs> right now, God damn it. <laughs> Well, to me, Mark Lanigan makes this album in a lot of ways. Like the music, musicianship's really good too. But like, and maybe that's why I liked it so much because I remember Joe last time said, you know, he's almost like a a Jim Morrison if if Morrison could sing a little better, which is yeah. pretty pretty dead on. And <laughs> you know, I'm a huge Doors fan, so maybe that's maybe there's a connection there. But yeah, I um, I think Mark Lanigan was a fucking awesome singer. Oh um, yeah, nice. Showed his range on this album really well. There's a lot of good songs where he's like way in that lower register that he's always doing, but then he gets up there higher a little bit. He's got some range, man. One more than I than I knew. So, and he can do like vibrato really low. Like he isn't mm-hmm. just he's just it, like Nick Cage is one of the yeah uh, Nick Cage rather. He's uh, yeah, his like voice Nick is Cage. super deep, but he doesn't really. Uh, <laughs> Or Nick Cage, probably. I knew who you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but he doesn't really sing when he sings, right? But Mark yeah. Lanigan, like he's hitting those notes really low. Yeah. In fact, it's kind of funny. Well, it's it, it's it's weird because when uh, if you listen to the extended album, they close yep. out with a, um, a Black Sabbath song. Yep, yep. And you can hear he's actually he's kind of straining to hit the high notes. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. <laughs> you never hear him having trouble. But of course, Ozzy's. Basically, the opposite vocal yeah. style of this guy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Was it Tomorrow's That's Dream? True. I think. So yep. It? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I can play that now if you want a little bit of it. Anyway. Yeah, I didn't hear well. it. This is the Screaming Trees version. Very good to the singer. Yes, the voice okay. cracked a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Play a little bit of the original too, if you want to hear it. We should have talked about that album last year. Yeah. We'll just have to do a run on Black Sabbath albums one of these days. Get Tommy Victor on. Yeah, exactly. Who was that bass? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting how that works both ways, you know, it's... It, it 
his voice is so high and Lanigan's mm. voice is so low, but it still works either way. Mm. Yeah. That doesn't always work that way. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't tune it down even more to help with his right, yeah. vocals. Yeah. I think they put in the same tuning. Hey, you uh, know the previous oh go ahead, sorry. No, you go ahead. The previous album by them was produced by Terry Date. Did you know that? What? I think that's the one that Keith liked. Uncle Anesthesia? You, just, you were talking. Is that the about. guy that brought it to the plate and made it sound great? <laughs> that's this is one of the same. One of the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Uncle Anesthesia was produced by Terry Date. Wow. Surprising. Yeah. I tried to listen to that one. It's not as good as this one. <laughs> Different drummer. Yeah. Maybe that fucked it up. Is it a different drummer? Never know. On the album before this, yeah. This is the first album with Mar- uh, Barrett Martin. Why does he have a first name for a last name and a last name for a first name? <laughs> he's got two first names. <laughs> no, he's got two. He's got they're backwards. Two last names, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, I was gonna say that the album opener is really good. Oh yeah, Place it's probably the best album. song on the album. I think. Mm-hmm. No. No, actually, no. Julie Paradise is the best song on the album. That's really Sorry. good. Butterfly, I, I like a lot. Uh, yeah, Sh- Shadows of Season. Uh... Sh- yeah. Um, Whoa, the tracks. <laughs> exactly. We're talking about them, so. Yeah. No One Knows is really good. They're all, they're yeah, all I don't really know if I had a favorite. Like, I, I, That's a good question, because I went like... This is mm. a great freaking album. This, I mean, let's face it. What's the worst song on this one? Well, I mean... Uh, all oh, the nearly song, lost you. Tim, all of the songs <laughs> on really these, think uh, that's, uh, that's, this album... Yes. Like, my, Tim, that song all... sucks. What? Ugh. What song? Nearly lost, lost you. I, I still like that song. Uh, no, I don't know that song, man. What's wrong with you? Tim, <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> all these songs are bop. Uh, no, no. <laughs> they're a-bop. They're a-bop. A-bops. It's, they're bops. <laughs> they're a bopping slap. They're bopping slappers. Slap, bop, bopping. <laughs> I can't even bop, say slapping it. bangers. Bop, slap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name, of, the name of my new swing band. Uh, I was furious when I saw people saying that. When they said Sepultura is a bop, I was like, someone needs to get punched in the face. Right? <laughs> all right. Fuck. All right, you. all right. I, I'm gonna be confused. a Our bop. listeners are gonna be confused. Somebody explain what the fuck you're there was talking a, about. There was a well. There was a. I saw a video on Reddit of these like chickens like doing this crazy. It looked like a mosh, and somebody put Roots by Sepultura to it. So it was. Perfect. It was like oh, I didn't know there was sound to that. Okay. Yeah, that was the point. Yeah, I, I couldn't get the sound to work. I thought it oh, was sound here. Yeah. Anyway, and the comments were like, "This song is a bop." Who is it? I'm like, that's Gen Z talk for it's. Tim went down on the angry old man rant. Oh, I was so <laughs> mad about that. I don't know yeah, why. Yard. It's not a bop. How dare it's, you call it a yeah. bop? Back in my days, <laughs> I mean, we used to wear our trousers. Bop. <laughs> Get off my lawn, the wind. You can't use the word bop to describe metal. How dare you? What about the Blitzkrieg bop? How dare you? I'm going to get no. my galoshes out and it's metal adjacent. stomp over to your house. <laughs> dare you, you hooligans. You. Uh, I like was... Dollar Bill a lot and more or less. I think those are two of my favorites. I must be the only one who, did, who had songs that I did not like. I don't, what, right. Julie, Julie Paradise. That was awesome. That song's yeah. great. Especially the, the ending is all, really good. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that. Yeah. Oh, Trouble Times is another one that's one of my favorites, too. Winter What's song? the song where uh, mm. Jesus is knocking at his door? Which one is that? Yeah, love the chorus of Troubled Times, man. Yes. Play, I put that too. Play some goddamn yeah. music. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm all over the place right now with the tracks. <laughs> um, we don't need to go track by track. I mean, no, no. just play something, man. Trouble time. Play, play some a, a bop. Yeah, it's a bop. <laughs> oh, well, actually, you know what? It's funny. This song it sounds like artificial red. That's exactly right. It's the same exact fucking drum beat, actually. Listen, <laughs> a little bit slower, but listen. This is artificial red, by the way. Bad and then I'll play Trouble Time. Yeah, Bad Mad Season. So they ripped each other themselves. Yeah, same exact fucking drum beat. It's just a little bit faster. A little, little faster. A little faster. <laughs> a little faster. You know The riff is yeah, almost the same too. All right. Yeah. But it changes. It doesn't say like this. In fact, I'll fast forward a little bit. Get to the chorus. vocal melody so much like the verses of I Nearly Lost You oh. <laughs> yeah. I love that chorus it still sounds like Mad Season though mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a song where he says, shimmy on down, baby. And most times I wouldn't like a song where the lyrics are shimmy on down, baby, but <laughs> shimmy on you know down, that, baby. It's a bop. You can say a lot more with that voice. You can get away, yeah, you can get exactly. away with a lot more. You get away with, yeah. Yeah, definitely so. Yeah, um, I mean, if Ozzy were to be like, shimmy on down, baby. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, <laughs> if it were shimmy all. Shimmy on uh, down, baby. Oh, oh, my. Yeah, said it. So if it were all no more tears, it would be awful. <laughs> You do uh, or play some <laughs> butterfly like that one. Yeah, I like this is another one where <clears throat> actually at first I was like this might be my least favorite, but then the chorus hit and I'm like, no, this yeah, is it's the chorus. Yeah. Very Jim Morrison. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Um. Oh, and the next song sounds very 60s. Like, it starts out, you're like, ooh, it's like 60s rock. Yeah, do, do the beginning of Celebration Fast. Yeah, that's what this I is. I love yeah. the, 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 the vocals at the start. It's like something you hear in Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> this is for footsteps approaching the night. They keep themselves moving and do what is right. 
good bass in this song. You were talking about uh, Julie Paradise too, right? You're talking about that song. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, the ending especially. Yeah, uh, one oh seven is the time frame I got <laughs> set up for that one. I love mm. the lyrics of that. This is uh, funny. My note on this one is another, a lot of another cool bass lines throughout this song. Really good bass on this album, actually. You said one oh seven. It's cool drums. Yeah. You said the end, right? You like yeah. something at the end, yeah. Just in general, just the way it rocks out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a very um, last song on the album. It's a very, yeah. very good closer. Yeah, I feel like they finally let loose because there's times where I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> Come on, pick up pace a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get going. Yeah, there, sometimes I felt like I was at a brewery or something, like drinking <laughs> beer and there's music in the background. <laughs> It's not a very fast band. I mean, no, no, no. are not <laughs> very mellow, and I'm like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, um, I did write down that uh, Winter Song reminded me of Brain Damage by Pink Floyd. Not really, it didn't rip it off. It had a, just had a similar feel. Hmm. Let me see. Let me see if you're right about that. This is the one Joe was on. There's an acoustic version on the extended. Yeah. You know what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like the same chord progression a little bit. Yeah. And the guitar as well. Sus resolve. Sus resolve. No resolve. <laughs> Not that part, right? I, I just, I understand. Yeah, the whole kind of plucking the. Yeah, they play play some. You just if you just start brain damage, it yeah, it off. Play a little bit of that. Get the brain damage. <laughs> Oh, 
Yeah. The lunatic is on the grass. Mr. Fister also tried to do that song. Just oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Did it fail? I think, we, yeah, I, think it, I think we played it out twice. It didn't really go over. It's Pink Floyd. We played it okay. It just was like, you know, it's not a crowd pleaser, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Everybody likes the song, but it's liking it while out at a bar. Like, right, right. Like yeah. Not, not really a song we're going to rock like, out yeah. and dance to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. We went from like, what, Def Leppard right into that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we did any Def Leppard in that band. No, I don't think so. I like some old Def Leppard. Just I, I, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. We we had a, when they we were did high and dry on this. We did. Yeah, that's right. We didn't play Shadow of the Season, which you guys were saying was possibly the best song. Yeah, it's that really good. Great. Yeah. yeah, this actually sounds a lot like the songs on Dust. So if you guys like this, you should listen to Dust because it's very good. If you haven't already. I fucking love Dust. And, and I don't think it gets a lot of recognition either. So. Can't you see? There is no way now to be free. In the shadow of the season, without a reason to carry home. Yeah. I'll fade it out there. It's yeah, great, great album opener. Yeah, right off the bat, I was like, "Oh, this drummer's really good." Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, the musicians are great. The vocals, just let's face it, you know, he does a lot of things that no one else really does as well as he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, distinctive voice for sure. And the guitar stuff is like the guitar is good. It's and they're not doing anything too fancy, you know. Like yeah. there's no super crazy guitar solos. It's yeah, just... the crazy guitars that just doesn't work in the whole alternative grunge thing. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Maybe well, Jerry Cantrell, but you know. Maybe. Chris Goss is credited with backing vocals on the next album, Dust. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Quite well, a. Uh, I mean, uh, well, we didn't mention there's a song called No One Knows on this album. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and he was in that band. <laughs> yeah. The more famous version. Or not, ever since they On that album, yeah. 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 Which also is a Dave Grohl album. That's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> so did you guys listen to... I know Joe listened to the extended version. Did you guys listen to the extended version? I Is it on Spotify? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I meant to and i just was like oh there's the album and i played it i, didn't. It's, I mean it's there's a couple cover songs there's uh an, an acoustic version of winter song um i but really like the if you didn't know it was an extended album and just kept going through i don't think you would know like the album well the, that first over. one the one that's not mark lanigan singing is oh that's true yeah that obvious one sticks out <laughs> yeah that's that's not a bop I really like this cover though it's like an old really really old like western I think Elvis did it um, but it was originally like from the 1920s or something it's like a gospel western or something or other Sounds like a Johnny Cash. Yeah, that's exactly I think Johnny Cash did it too, actually. Comes and calls me away. 
and I have the Johnny Cash version. You could also say Mike Mark Lennigan is a uh, Johnny Cash that can sing. Yeah. yeah. That's some pretty heavy company to be kind of. Jim Morrison, Johnny Cash. He's right in there yeah. with those guys. Well, those guys were more of talkers than singers. They had a distinctive yeah. sound, but they didn't really sing. Well, I don't know that song. I probably yeah. should know that song, but I was like, this is really good. Yeah, you idiot. It's from like, I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've got so many. I just feel like it's one Johnny of things, Cash like, <laughs> it's, I should have known it or something. I don't know. Not ever. Yeah. If it's not False Impression or Sam Quentin, it's like, you know, uh, it feels, it's one of those. It sounds like it should be on the Oh Brother, Where Art There? Yeah. Art Thou. That was Bluegrass. You know, this is Bass Country, Gospel. So. Uh, I don't know. Those, that was pretty close to what would be on that album, I feel like. <laughs> Soggy Bottom Boys would totally do that song. <laughs> or Alison Krauss. Alison Krauss, yeah. Or Alison Krauss with Robert Plant. Mm. <laughs> he would <laughs> he would burst into flames if he did this. <laughs> okay, well, uh what else do we have on this Talk anything? About this lemon in the middle of the song. What's up? Anything else on this album? It's good. It's very good. Yeah. I recommend it. It was I've, like I said, like I'll I feel just, stupid for waiting so long to Yeah. Actually give it a tr- a, a true chance, you know. Exactly. I know. I'm like, what? What the hell was I thinking? Well, we were so metal back in the day. Well, that, yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, let's that's, face it. That's very I think, true. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like we like Pearl Jam and whatnot, but this was just not quite. You know. And as much as let's face it, the, the one overplayed song, well, really the only song I think that ever got radio play from this band yeah. at all. Tim, for whatever reason, hates. But, it sucks. Uh, it doesn't suck. It's a good tune. No, something you suck. But <laughs> <laughs> yes! one way or another, let's face it, <laughs> the popularity of this band really kind of rose as you know, alternative or whatever you want to call it was. You know, alternative didn't last. You know, that long at the height of you know everybody's. You talking about like culturally? Type of yeah, yeah, like the whole like it was like holy shit, and then. You know, it kind of faded out fairly quickly. As much as all those yeah. bands stuck around for had lengthy careers and everything like that, it wasn't like you know in 1996 we weren't like, oh man, the new grunge band. You know, yeah, well, yeah. yeah and they <laughs> they for waited sure. for whatever reason. It took them four years to put a follow up, mm, yeah. which I'm sure was a huge part of their yeah um, eventual demise. Is they didn't they didn't capitalize on yeah that's true. what was going on at the time. Yep, that's very true. <clears throat> Stupid idiots. <laughs> Thankfully, we all ended up at Rap Rock. <laughs> <laughs> These guys were the start of new metal. I don't know if I meant that. You can really hear it. Them and, them and Helmet, like, you know? Like, yeah. It's like, limp- when I hear Limp Bizkit, I think, oh, that sounds like Helmet and Screaming Trees <laughs> together. <laughs> oh, and uh, Andy Wallace mixed it. Oh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Andy Wallace is actually the reason for new metal, apparently. That's right. <laughs> he he's invented it. He's the Dave Mustaine of mixing. The, <laughs> well, he, he actually invented, wrote all of Dave Mustaine's music. Well, Dave Mustaine invented mixing, so I don't know. <laughs> Dave Mustaine invented bops. 
hit it. He <laughs> <laughs> invented slapping bangers. I don't think he's going to come on this show ever. Mustaine? Well, he yeah, invented I'll, the I'll, track. Mustaine, yeah. Do you want him on this show? I don't want to talk to that guy. What's up, guys? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, if we can get him, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you. I don't think I'd turn him down if he said I want to be on the show. <laughs> no. like, oh. That's not happening anytime soon, so I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> Meet the real me. I mean, who, else, who, else, who else has been leaving you messages? Oh, you know, <laughs> I'm turning him down left and right. All the people who want to be on the show. I still Even say Mustaine was our only one star review. <laughs> on iTunes <laughs> iTunes we have all five star reviews except for one and there's there's one one star review and I know it was Dave Mustaine mm-hmm. I'm you sure of that you, episode where you we know it was him I know it was him I'm sure of it you sure he, he, he looked the IP address up and he found out it was from mm-hmm. Dave Mustaine's house well he did invent the internet <laughs> that's what I'm saying he would <laughs> know he invented everything how could he not know? I was trying to make this off this off color remark about him. So, yeah. Even cancer, <laughs> and you like, failed. This guy, let's get out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's grade this album, shall we? Okay. Okay. Who's going first? Hey, I think we already had two A's. I'm going uh, A minus. That's my ass. Yeah, I said A minus. I think I, I want to do A minus. I forgot about this, even though we just talked about A minus. It's a B minus for me. Oh, I wasn't as into it as you guys were. Mm. I liked it, but I wasn't blown away. Well, it sucks. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> suck. That's basically what you just said, Tim. No, I did not. <laughs> I would say uh, just just to reiterate Eric's comment, like this album makes me want to hear more from that band. Yeah, I, I really think that this. You know, as much as everybody, you know, we've already reviewed a, a few or a couple Soundgarden albums we've done to Alice in Chains albums. You know, we sh- could have done more Screaming Trainees. Yeah, we could have done nine, 91. Yeah. Now we have it, to wait till 96, damn it. Yeah, that, I don't think. 2096? If we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> Fuck. That's a long wait. <laughs> tired, boss. <laughs> All right. Well, um... I think that's it, right? We're good. I'm good. Sure. All right. I'm good. Any other comments or no? All right. Well, for Keith and for Joe out. and for Tim, I'm Eric saying. Thank you. Good fucking night. Sorry for the crazy. I tend to curse. I say stupid things. Energy, energy, aggression, power. To sum it up, it's a vulgar display of power. Sometimes I think you drink just a little too much blood. I'm sorry, I'm going to PA. Bloodaholics are not. Cut it up. Cut it up, big time. They are miserable slaves of Satan. Some country Cody missed.